0: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: Second hour is here, OutKick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine and with John McClain. GallerySports.com joins us each week at this time. We go through the biggest NFL headlines and through the league from recapping the games that we've witnessed to upcoming games as well. John, hope you're doing well.
3: Guys, I'm doing great. And I know you guys got a lot of listeners and readers all across the Southeast. I'm doing a column for Thursday for galleriesports.com, which is free. On Nick Saban, memories of Nick when he came to Houston in 88. His first chance at the NFL. And I got a lot of great stories. With A&M playing in Tuscaloosa, it's a good time. Although I got to say, this game shouldn't be nearly as competitive as we thought it would be at the start of the season because the Aggies offense is bad. Do we know anything new about Bryce Young and what do you guys expect?
4: I was just watching a clip where Nick Saban was getting angry with reporters uh, for asking him if they had a special package for Milro, the quarterback. And he said, we already have one. He's like, would you like me to make another one and then tell you guys about it? I can call Jimbo Fisher right now and tell him what we're going to do also. And then got angry because apparently someone in the paper wrote that Saban would keep it a mystery no matter what was going on with Bryce Young. And he said, someone just made that up. So go ahead and make up anything else that you want. But John, I think what we all know is that he will keep it a mystery because he can. So we're not going to know what Bryce Young's status is going to be, Right.
3: Now, somebody should have said, well, Nick, if you say it's wrong, you're going to keep it a mystery. Is Bryce going to play? And he would have said he doesn't know.
4: <laughs> day-to-day. He would have said, we'll have to evaluate on Saturday and see how he's feeling. That that would have been the response. I don't know right now.
3: Did you guys see last week, Bill Belichick said day-to-day 13 times in one interview session when talking about Mac Jones? Day-to-day. Day-to-day.
4: John, what was your uh, – I don't want to spoil your piece for Gallery Sports too much, but what was your interaction like with Nick Saban in his time with the Oilers? Nick was
3: there 1988-1989 as the uh, secondary coach, and he didn't talk much. He was quiet when the media was around, and we were always around. It's nothing like today. I could go over to the facility and walk in the locker room and sit in front of a player's locker while he was in team meetings, and when he came out to get dressed, I could interview him if he wanted to be interviewed. And Nick was always around, and people thought he was pretty quiet, and he was. they thought he was a really good coach at first, And I'm going to tell some stories about this. He came in coaching like he was still in college, and I'm going to explain how he got the job over another coach
0: you guys may have heard of named Pete Carroll. D'Amico Ryans uh, was a heck of a, a talker in the Texans locker room. I know you knew him well. He is doing one hell of a job for the San Francisco 49ers as defensive coordinator right now. Uh, You think he's going to be right at the top of the list for uh, potential head coaches in the next cycle, despite being on the defensive side of the ball? Absolutely. I saw him before the Texans
3: played the 49ers in the last preseason game, and he was walking uh, toward the locker after the pregame warmups. And we talked briefly, and I said, D'Amico, enjoy your last season as a defensive coordinator. Let me be the first to congratulate you on your next head coaching job. And he just smiled. He's a great guy. People like him. When he was here and he was a captain of the defense and their leading tackler, we all thought this guy's going to be a coach this guy's got a chance to be a special coach. And Robert Sala, who was on that staff, We never talked to Robert. After every game, Robert would be the first guy out. The media would be standing outside the entrance, and the first person would be Robert. He'd open the door, he'd look left, he'd look right, and then he would leave, and people are like, hey, Robert, how are you? And he was nice. But we never thought anything special about Robert Sala, and we knew Kyle Shanahan was going to be a head coach because of his background, his daddy, Never thought Mike McDaniel would be. Mike was Mike was like kind of a kind of a mouse. He was behind the scenes. He was quality control. You know, he's so reserved and and everybody talked about how smart he was and how he was become really close with Kyle Shanahan. And of course, he, Kyle had him everywhere he went. Now Mike Daniel is doing a hell of a job with the Dolphins. And, and, uh, but D'Amico will be the next head coach off of Gary Kubiak's staff in Houston.
2: John, what would you make of uh, the 49ers' performance last night against the Rams? And the Rams' offensive line really struggling. Stafford sacked seven times. Uh, in total, he's been sacked just one less time than Carson Wentz, who leads the league in sacks taken among quarterbacks. And they're, they're struggling to get anything, any production going other than Cooper Cup right now.
3: I had to do it without Eric Armstead. He had to go out. It was a great defensive performance. I thought the Rams were going to beat him. Garoppolo had not played well the week before. It's, it's weird. It's almost like the 49ers year in and year out can put any running back in the backfield, and they're going to be able to run the ball. And then Debo Samuel made those big plays. And this is a joke why he's worked the big bucks as a runner and a receiver. It's amazing when you have a guy who's, who's really a receiver who plays running back who's so good with the ball. And a lot of guys catch it, do a couple steps, and boom, they're down. But he's dangerous to score on every play. I thought it was a tremendous performance. 49ers own the Rams in regular season.
2: Yes. And, you know, they, it, it sounds crazy, but with Garoppolo there, I'm thinking, you know what? This, everything packaged together looks really good. This is a, this is a title contender because of the NFC. If they're in the AFC. They're in the, they're in the mix, but I'm not as strong on them. Um, but, but John, with, with Lance, it took one game in a sloppy condition game in Chicago. I wasn't thinking anything like this. And they still had the same defense out there.
3: I thought with Trey Lance, they were going to have a learning curve. He's going to struggle. He's going to make a lot of mistakes, like he did in that last preseason game against the Texans. And they would get off to a slow start. But Kyle Shanahan is so high on him. You wonder, well, could Shanahan be wrong, considering how badly he wanted him? problem is, can you give him a chance to develop on a really good team that has Super Bowl aspirations instead of being a bad team where we expect guys to – to have their ups and downs, but when we look back on it, that might turn out to be a big break for the Niners, plus Garoppolo, because if he plays well and they get to the playoffs, he's unrestricted free agent in March.
4: It's Kenny Pickett time in Pittsburgh, John. What did you make of uh, inserting the rookie when they did in the middle of a game instead of taking that time with a bye week to get him ready to be the starter? What did you think of that decision and, and the way he looked in his first game?
3: I believe I said I thought he would start by the fifth game. And now, don't they play at Buffalo in this next game? Yep. Whether he's going to get a baptismal by fire. But, you know, you think about this. I remember one time when Chris Sims was a rookie with the Buccaneers and they were about to play the Texans and when I was covering the NFL. And I was over there and I listened to the media asking him questions about the big crowds in the NFL, the crowd he's going to have in Houston. And after it was over, I said, my God, you had the worst crowd ever right there in Austin, booing you most of the time. Some of them forget, like you come from the SEC, the kind of crowds you're used to every week. The NFL is not any big deal when it comes to crowds. And and I think that with a lot of those quarterbacks, and Kenny Pickett had more experience than quarterback in college football, but he's going to get that – He's going to, they're going to find out right away through three interceptions, no touchdowns, tough position to put him in. But Trubisky
0: put him in there because Trubisky did not play well. Jets got their quarterback, Zach Wilson, back in that game uh, against Pittsburgh. Uh, now they're going to see, uh, another backup quarterback, uh, change going the opposite direction with Teddy Bridgewater stepping in for Tua. Um, what do you think of the Jets' uh, capacity, maybe, uh, against Bridgewater and the Dolphins kind of on pause now, if you will?
3: While well, they're another one of those teams, been finishing high every year and stopped battling high picks at some point. You'd think it would pay off. Uh, Zach Wilson caught a touchdown pass. He breathed new life into that offense. Flacco had that one great comeback against the Browns, but he's a backup quarterback at this stage of his career. He's not going to get better. Wilson is. He's got some good receivers. Their offensive line has had some bad luck with draft choices, with injuries and ineptness, and he's very mobile. So Jets fans are fired up. I feel bad for the Giants. Giants are 3-1, and they're working out quarterbacks off the street because the top two guys are injured. And it's amazing how many quarterbacks are already going down. And that's why you've got to have a backup. But don't you know, the Niners are so happy they didn't trade Garoppolo. It wasn't because they didn't try. It was because nobody wanted to, to trade for him coming off that s- surgery on his right arm. And I'm wondering who would have been their backup had they traded him and would he have been as effective as Garoppolo? I'm guessing no. One of the things about Jimmy G is really popular with his teammates and they've got, they have really good culture, culture's attitude. You know, they've got one. They've been winning every year. And, uh, I do the Jets and Jaguars, uh, both of them are off to a much better start than I thought quarterback Wilson, they, they wouldn't have drafted him second if they didn't think he could play.
2: He can sling it. He's got he's got young talent at receiver. Garrett Wilson's been playing well. Corey Davis. It looks like he's getting a touchdown catch a game. That's over the stretch. It, I mean, it's sporadic, but he he's coming up with some big catches. He helped lead that two minute comeback in Cleveland. Catches a touchdown pass this past week in Pittsburgh that gives them the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm I like what Zach Wilson brings to the offense. I don't know if they're there yet. They're maybe a year away from really deserving a little hype. But the the fact that he came back in the fourth quarter that he played in Pittsburgh, John, should give them a boost. That's the boost that Pittsburgh wants Pickett to give them.
3: Well, the problem is Pickett's a rookie, and Wilson's in his second season. Jets also have a pretty good running game, it looks like. And uh, now, where are they going to finish? Right now, it looks like the Patriots – Could finish last, even though with Bailey Zappi, who's from Victoria, Texas, right down the road from Houston and started off at Houston Baptist here. And before he went to where Western Kentucky, is that where he ended up? Yes. Yep. And he, he. You know, they they were able to take the Packers to overtime. Think about the Patriots. They got two running backs. They're going to run, 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 and run some more because you guys know the way to cover up for an inexperienced quarterback is to run the ball. Now, the Steelers with Najee Harris, can they run the ball the way most Steeler teams have done and take the pressure off him? Boy, they better because Pickett is not going to step in and all of a sudden play like a veteran.
2: Well, and they need T.J. Watt back. I mean, that goes without saying, but they don't rush the passer as a defense nearly as well. As early as week six is what was initially reported that he could come back. Um, I I don't know if it's that soon, but it's not nearly as dire with the pectoral injury as what we assumed when he was first hurt. John, where do you have the Steelers right now? Are we actually going to see a losing season with Mike Tomlin?
3: I remember talking to you guys about it's weird to see the Steelers pick for last place, which is where I thought they would be because I expected more out of the Bengals, and I expect the Bengals to turn it around and play much better like they just did in getting that victory. And then Cleveland, you know, I thought, the, I thought boy, they would be 3-1 or 4-0 at this point, and they've got the difficult part of the schedule coming up. And then when Deshaun Watson comes back, he begins here – And then he's got every other game outdoors in December and January. So Cleveland, because of the running game, the defense should be able to stay close. Then Baltimore just blew a game. That division, I think any of the top three can win it. I think the Steelers are destined for last place with a rookie quarterback, and it'll help them get a high pick. Maybe they get another pass rusher.
2: Baltimore gives up another lead. We'll ask John about that and the Ravens at 2-2 and with the losses after in those games – leading by large margins, once against the Dolphins, and this past Sunday against the Bills 20-3. to We'll get John's take on Josh Allen, on Dak Prescott. The Cowboys, they're going to L.A. to face the Rams with Cooper Rush, and we'll dive into the concussion protocol saga. A lot of players in protocol this week after Thursday night football with Tua Tagovailoa and the changes there. All of that and more is coming up with John McClain on OutKick360. There are some really solid NFL divisional matchups, right, play across the league. AFC South's not one of them. No. <laughs> not right now.
4: Not would not go to the top of the list of ones that I'm no. dying to watch this year. I'll
2: 360-year-olds on John McLean with us.
0: The, the reason it's there is in large part because the teams are bad. Um, I saw the Colts head-to-head with the Titans this weekend. Colts are just not very good. Matt Ryan's showing his age. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was easily stuffed. He's got an ankle injury now. Sounds like he's going to try to play. He's saying he's going to try to play Thursday night. Um, But um, you've seen him as well. Uh, Do you have any positive outlook on this team in the long run, the way so many national people do? Or do you think their chance is only the rest of the division playing down to him?
3: By the way, I meant to tell you guys this when I came on. I saw Clay Travis tweet about how well Outkick's done and it's surpassed all projections and where you guys are. And you guys have been a big part of that with Clay. And so I wanted to congratulate you and congratulate Outkick on how you're kicking butt
2: thank you every
3: day. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. The the Colts Trail the Texans 23 in the fourth quarter. And then Texans had a strip sack, 25-yard touchdown drive, and they end up tying them. And uh, Jonathan Taylor won that game for the Colts, not Matt Ryan. And I thought after last season, is Ryan showing his age, or was it that he didn't have any weapons? Well, this year he lost Jack Doyle. That was a big part of their running game. The big mystery for them is, is what's happened to their offensive line. They're paying a fortune for that offensive line. And they're talking about Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith, center and right tackle, are not playing well. They have a left tackle, not playing well. And so it all starts up front for them. And the Titans, of course, totally shut them down. Right now, it looks like Titans or Jaguars. Jaguars, you can't have a quarterback lose four fumbles the most in like 100 years. And I expect to win, but it looks to me like it's a two-team race and ultimately, you know, Mike Vrabel, I don't know what people think there, but he's a hell of a coach. You Mm -hmm. know, lose Derrick Henry like he did last year and still be able to run the ball the way they did with a couple of Texans rejects, just shows you what a good coach he is. And now he's doing it again. You know, Tannehill yeah, he throws fewer passes than any quarterback in the league. He hits a high percentage. And as long as he's got Derrick Henry back there to work the play action, he's going to do well. And the fact that they shut down Taylor, uh, despite they've lost so many players on that team, I think Mike may be doing the best job at this point of the season that he's ever done. The Titans ought to win what is a bad division.
2: And they also, I mean, that's also a credit to adjusting over the f- first game. Saquon Barkley ripped him to shreds. You know, and then they they're going against a back that many would put ahead of Barkley, and he averaged just over two yards per carry. I mean, it was it was a complete non-factor. John, uh, non-factor is Thursday night football uh, offensively. Uh, CBS Sports had this stat, and we've got two Hall of Fame selectors, so I'm sure you guys have heard of the Pottsville Maroons. Yep. Nineteen in 1925, the Pottsville Maroons averaged that season 22 and a half points per game. Which is more than what the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos are averaging right now in offensive uh, firepower. Indy averages 14 points per game, uh, their last. And Denver is averaging 16 and a half points per game, third from last. Chicago's in between them. These have been, and these are veteran quarterbacks. Uh, they have, and Javante Williams is hurt, he's done for the year. They have both. Running backs hurt in both offenses. Um, Not much working on in in the passing game. Offensive line has certainly been an issue. Um, If they're going to win, it's based on defense and turnovers. And most people don't believe in either head coach.
0: My dad spent some time in Pottsville growing up. Nice. I wish I'd known y'all were going to use that
3: because I actually have a Pottsville pullover that I got at the (laughs) Hall of Fame. And uh, maybe black? I'll wear it sometime. In fact, now it's it's gray. Oh, should John, maybe wear
4: it. John, take that shirt maybe, off right now and put that put that pullover on. Come on. Give our audience maybe, a show.
3: Maybe I'll wear it sometime if I can still get in it. Um, <laughs> I've seen both these teams. The Texans played well against Matt Ryan, except for the fourth quarter, and they played well against Russell Wilson the entire game except for one drive. And I thought at the time, both those guys, I thought, well, maybe the Texans' defense is better than we thought. And now it looks like both of them are struggling. Geno Smith, oh, if you can believe it, Geno Smith had a great game, helped them score 48 points, and we all thought Pete Carroll was nuts to keep him and trade Russell Wilson. And I read a really good story. Can't remember if it was on the Athletic or ESPN about – A deep dive into why they traded Russell Wilson, and they think he can't do some of the things he used to do as well, like throwing to the run, going right or left. His arm strength is not what it was, and right now they look pretty smart. And without Williams, Melvin Gordon's going to have to play more. He's a fumble waiting to happen, which puts even more pressure on Russell Wilson at a time, uh, it doesn't seem like that's what they want. They wanted to win with defense. They wanted to win, win with balance on offense and their kicking game, and right now they're in danger of finishing in last place.
4: John, you mentioned the 48 points from Seattle. On the other side was 45 points from the Lions and a loss, another loss for the Lions. They're doing a lot of great things offensively. Defensively, has been a, it's been a real struggle for Detroit. What do you see when you look at this team right now? Is it a team that could still, from a talent standpoint, young talent, pull it together and do something better this year? Or are we just talking about more of the same old lines?
3: Jared Goff is playing better than any quarterback we're not hearing about. He's done really, really well to spearhead that offense. And they've had injuries to Swift. You know, they've got two good running backs and they've, They've had to alternate them because of the injuries. And Aaron Glenn is their defensive coordinator, longtime jet in Texan. And people have been talking about Aaron Glenn as a possible head coaching candidate. And that's going to be really hard to do based on how bad that defense is playing. And you guys know that it, it's hard to change something and not in the middle of the season, but four games into the season. Like, what can they do to play better defense other than maybe control the ball more? But they're scoring so many points and they're scoring so swiftly, the defense has got to be right back on the field. So they're fun to watch. They're going to be fun on Thanksgiving to watch. But man, oh man, it must be tough for Dan Campbell to score that many points and still lose.
2: John, uh, Prescott is not gripping the football well enough to play that from Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. We're going to see Cooper Rush again. Why not? The guy starts. He doesn't turn the football over. They play excellent defense. They're winning games with Cooper Rush while Prescott is allowed to continue to rehab his hand. They have Philadelphia after this week on the road. Do you think we see Prescott by then just based on all of the talk in Texas?
3: Sorry about that phone ringing. Carol's not here to get it. She's still stuck in Fort Myers. Um, i tell you this, Killen Moore, the offensive coordinator and play caller, he's calling a different game for Cooper Rush than he does for Dak Prescott. It's more conservative. They're getting a better offensive line play. They're getting a better running game. But right now, uh, I'm guessing when Prescott does come back, you're going to see a more wide-open attack. Maybe that's not what they need. They're going to Tony Pollard more. He's a better running back than Zeke Elliott, but both of them are still sharing the ball. But I, the way they're going right now, he's 3-0 as a starter this season, 4-0 overall. I would stick with him until Prescott is 100%, and then I'd wait one more game. Common sense says they're going to bring him back, bring him back from the Eagles. But what – If they win another game, it's going to be hard to do. And they say, hey, no need for you to rush back. A lot of people, oh, they ought to stick with him. No, he's a good backup quarterback. People are saying he's making a lot of money. Like he's going to run out. People are going to clamor for him in free agency. He'll be right there with Jimmy Garoppolo, two guys that may want a lot of money, but are not going
0: to get it. Are you concerned with Baltimore's defense and how different are they right now than they are historically?
3: I still can't figure out, Paul. I've never seen the true story of why Wink Martindale left. He'd been a great coordinator. Uh, They loved him. He was physical. He was able to replace players and he left. They brought in somebody else and their defense hadn't been the same. And uh, you wonder if maybe is John Harbaugh's style outdated He still has Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson, but Jackson's coming off a game where he wasn't impressive throwing the ball. But sometimes when you've been around a long time, things start to get stale and you have to check and see and listen to other people say, you know, do I need new ideas and new things? And maybe that's what they did on defense. But right now, if I'm a Ravens fan, I am worried about my defense. I'm worried about my running game. J.K. Dobbins came back. I think I saw Gus Edwards is going to come back. And you know if they have those guys 100%, they're going to run the football a lot more with them than they are with Lamar Jackson most of the
2: time. I mean, it is the defense. Paul, I mean, you know, we're seeing it here in Nashville with the Titans. The Titans aren't playing offense in the second half either. are, You know, teams have mounted comebacks some have been able to pull it off, like New York, some have not, like yeah. Indy. And the defense, the role players are stepping up and making some plays. Not not, you know, Enough. massive plays, but some are pretty big. Tier Tart tips a pass, intercepts it. The guys that aren't really talked about all that much are coming up with plays that impact this this offense in the second half, even though the offense isn't really doing anything. We're not seeing that with Baltimore. You know, Baltimore's allowing all these points, they're not stopping anything allowing and then comebacks. Yeah, and then you know, Lamar Jackson I mean John Harbaugh makes the decision to go for it on fourth down after a long drive instead of kick the field goal. And he's thinking, well, you know, worst case here, maybe we we don't get it. Buffalo's got – they're backed up. they got to drive the field. I trust my defense. That's where he's coming from on the I trust my defense part. Instead, the interception happens in the end zone, so it's a touchback. That's free yardage on the touchback. And then Buffalo pulls off the game-winning drive. So, uh, if – if it's executed well enough we're not even talking about them giving up the lead John we're talking about Lamar Jackson's game winning heroics
3: well first of all you know he said he made a mistake he wished he hadn't done that you know hindsight's 2020 and I don't think anybody blamed them really if you got Lamar Jackson who's such a great weapon why not go for it but you you know he trusts his defense he may not trust his defense again.
2: Uh, yeah, you're probably right, and he may not trust the the analytics again. Who knows? Um, even though I think analytically, Paul, we went through this. It, the numbers show he made it's the right goal. call. Yeah, um, John, this will get us to Tua, but first I, I want to talk Jalen Hurts, who was you know mentioned with him, and now it's just Hurts due to Tua being on the sideline. But uh, is there a a quarterback that has improved more with the talent around him than Jalen Hurts right now, and the efficiency that he's using? Uh, in both the run and pass game, in order to make sure everybody's highlighted, including his own numbers. They lead the league in touchdown uh, rushes, 10 of those. They had four of them against Jacksonville last week. And then they have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith making big-time plays.
3: He's got a really good offensive line. The Eagles are ranked in single digits in – and offense, rushing, passing, defense, rushing, passing. The only team in the league to do that. So they're solid on both sides of the ball. They led the NFL rushing last year. Now Hertz is playing better. He doesn't have to run as much. The thing about Jalen Hurts, he was a great player in high school here. He'll come back for a Thursday night game on Amazon to play the Texans. He'll get a great reception from from everybody uh, in Channel View, a suburb. And he's improved the way he did at Alabama every year. It didn't bother him that the Eagles tried to trade for Deshaun Watson last year, and Watson rejected them. He just went about his business. And I remember when when he was drafted, it freaked out Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz is gone. Now Carson Wentz is stinking it up for the commanders, and Hurts has gotten better, a second-round pick. But it helps that they've done a great job of putting talent around him and they're doing a tremendous job of coaching him and he just continues to get better. He was always really smart, good decision maker, you know, his speed is not great, but he can run. He's a smart runner. He's not turning the ball over. Are the Eagles the best team in the league? I wouldn't pick him to win the Super Bowl right now. But, hey, they're undefeated. More power to him and more power to him to overcome what he did at Alabama, being benched for two, a ton of Aloha, going to Oklahoma, capitalizing, then go to Philadelphia behind Carson Wentz, and he has taken advantage of every situation.
2: John, uh, Tua is in concussion protocol this week after the hit he took on Thursday Night Football last week. He's meeting with investigators today um, that are investigating protocol from the Buffalo game, which is intriguing because the NFL doesn't want those players talking to the media, but apparently investigators can fly in and talk with Tua in concussion protocol, uh, where he should have been last week based on how the NFLPA reacted to the independent neurologist where they kicked him out. Um how do you think this has gone over the last week since we last spoke, and what do you think of the adjustment to the concussion protocol language and how they're going to now survey players based on the mechanics of whether or not they can walk straight or keep their balance after a hit?
3: It's it's interesting to me. Uh, I just, remember June Jones. I just talked to June Jones, who's in Hawaii, and he said he's met a doctor in San Diego who has come up with – with a, um, a test, with a machine that can tell if you have concussions right away and they're trying to get it in every NFL locker room where a guy could go in, sit there, strap it on his head and the reading would come out and show you yes or no. But so often they depend on the player and that's the last person you should depend on because they're competitors, they want to play. And they don't lie about it the way they used to because used to they'd say, yeah, how many fingers am I holding up? Uh, three. Okay, go back in. That was good enough. Yeah, yeah. Give him smelling salts. But now they look so bad. And the fact that that guy got fired, the independent neurologist, and they and they said that that he didn't understand. Well, okay, why didn't he understand? Who told him what his responsibilities were? You know, I don't know why a team doctors even involved in that because there's always pressure on the team doctor. To have the players play but there's going to be massive changes i'm surprised this past week anybody that went out with a concussion came back somebody told me justin reed did with the chiefs i know the texans had a guy a linebacker go out and i said well, we're not going to see him again everybody's scared of the nfl and i think that's the way it's going to be again i
0: wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Tua for another month alan sills the the nfl's chief medical officer pledged a transparent report about all of this when it comes out. There's no chance we're getting a transparent report on this, is there? Um, They're under a lot of pressure to do
3: it. Maybe they will. I wish they'd be more transparent about injury, especially when it's a concussion. And But everybody, all coaches are so freaked out of every morsel of information being something that can cause them to lose. But if you say it's transparent, it better be transparent or people are going to not they're going to see through it, but it's not going to be the way you want. And right now, they're at a crossroads with NFLPA. And the NFLPA has flexed its muscle. Usually, it can't do things without the league approval. But getting rid of that independent neurologist, I think, was a big deal. It shows how bad the NFL and the Dolphins screwed up by letting Tua go back on the field uh, in that Sunday game.
2: The, the biggest um, – the interesting point of what I'm – hopeful they'll explain and i maybe they have i haven't seen it is they had a vice president with the nfl release a statement prior to kickoff saying that to that point they were satisfied that protocol was followed and then after the game the nflpa independently this was not the nflpa in conjunction with the nfl this was the nflpa invoked the right to remove the independent neurologist not the nfl so, so I'm, I'm curious as to why the statement was put out through Jeff Miller, the vice president with the National Football League from New York. And after the game, after the concussion happens, after Tua is released from the hospital, well, the NFLPA's removed the independent neurologist that uh, informed Tua he could go back in with his back issues.
3: That's called covering your butt.
4: Yeah. And John, I mean, I guess, is there a scenario where he followed protocol, but incorrectly applied it because the doctor screwed up?
3: Hey, that's a good We could point, be talking so about like- two
4: different things there, right? I mean, you could follow the protocol and make bad decisions throughout. And and show a lack of judgment, and then you know be out
2: for that reason too. I think that's fair, but I also I, I, if that's true, then the NFL also endorses the move to remove that dude as an independent neurologist. Yeah, that, maybe
4: they're
0: just more slow moving, or they didn't get to it on the same timeline. That's, that's fair too.
2: It, it's yeah, uh, it's it's a bad it's a he, bad he, deal
4: for the league. It, it, the, the We talk about optics a lot. This is one where optics are important, and the optics on this oh, are really yeah, it bad. Was, it
2: was obvious and. Um, the, the protocol, you know, and you have everyone, even the team tweeted out it was a head injury, in in, in real time, and then he trots back out there, and then post game, to uh, you have McDaniel saying he had a back issue, which uh, Paul brought up yesterday. John, uh, has there been any discussion about the back issue with this with this protocol? Like, what? what? I mean, again, like if they're going to point to that and everyone's hitting on that, um, you have to you have to explain the protocol that you followed, not just just say that you followed it, right?
3: Chad could be on to something about the doctor just screwed up, but you have the independent neurologist and you have the team doctor in there. That's yep. why this this machine that June Jones says can work wonders. If you went in there and you put it on a guy's head and it said he doesn't have a concussion, then you would know immediately because right now, I read the whole process this week. There's no guarantees of anything, and it, and Sills admit There's no guarantees the way the procedure and the process is set up in the locker room no nothing is foolproof
2: well and exactly it's not a foolproof system or protocol because they have the eye in the sky a couple of them but sometimes I mean as they go back on replay to relook at a a hit that a guy took uh, something you know as innocent as just colliding with someone's shoulder or something can ding a player to where oh, it's been a play or two, and oh, now we need 48 off the... We need him off the field and on the sideline for an evaluation. Well, he's played a couple more snaps. And when, I think whenever that happens, that's not going to get nearly the attention because you're not going to have the cart and everything else that happened with Tua on national TV or coming back into the game on what was looked like, obviously, a concussion against the Bills. So I don't know if we'll overanalyze those hits as much, even though they can be just as traumatic leaving a player in there making a decision for himself when the player's always going to stay in the game?
3: Concussions are not going to be the ruination of football because players want to play. The ruination of football will be if they ever come up with a test that shows you have CTE. Mm. The, the oncoming CTE and what's going to happen to you and your brain, that would be different. It's amazing to me how many guys I know who played in the NFL for years, and they're in their 70s and 80s, and they don't have any problems. And yet they had some of the hardest hits with no rules, and then there's others walking around like zombies. Man, it's just unbelievable the way things are different players. Are affected differently.
2: And finally, uh, guys, I don't know if you spent much time thinking about this. I was talking with Eddie George and others last night about, it, you know, if you're spotting a guy that's stumbling, and let's say Tua does have a back issue, but he stumbles and falls because he can't keep his balance. Is he automatically out at that point because he could not stand, but it's not a head injury that causes it? Well, that's what it? they're
0: saying with the revised protocol. If he hits his head and then he exhibits gross motor instability, yeah, he's going to be out, even if it's his back.
2: So he can clear concussion protocol, but he's ruled out because he could well, not. Well, the
0: concussion protocol gives well, a no-go yeah, no on, the, on the gross motor instability period.
2: Yeah, that that's, is the adjustment. That's going to be interesting because now I think the cameras are going to focus on that. And if you miss it, if the guy stays in, you know, yeah. and, and then he ends up making a play, there's some controversy there. Like I, I'm not—I don't want to be in their shoes. That's no. all I'm saying. It's I don't the, want to be a ref or an independent neurologist with this.
3: I had had back surgery one time, and before I had it, there were times when I'd be walking and just give out, and I'd stumble right or left, and people would think I was stumbling drunk when just parts of your back give out. So I could understand if indeed it was to a tongue of a lowest back.
2: John, go try on that Pottsville shirt, and uh, we'll be checking out galleriesports.com.
3: Maybe I'll wear it with you guys next week. Thank you very much, as always. And I hope you guys will check out my Nick saving column on com. Thank you very much. Can't very
2: wait well. to read it. Thanks, yeah. John. Thank you, John. There's John McClain. McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Always great.
4: I stand up too fast sometimes, and I have gross motor instability. Or at least it would look like
2: that if I was on camera when you stumble a little bit trying Man. to move I have with vertigo uh, Was it Levin? Was it Levin who was trying to enter the game oh, and tripped God. over? Like, is that, over is that gross motor instability? Well, we hadn't seen
0: him hit his head before that, so no. <laughs> no, because he had no head trauma. That was Ryan Tannehill clock mismanagement <laughs> trauma. That's a different classification.
2: For those that are not familiar with what we're talking about, because you're watching a better football game, um, <laughs> which wasn't hard to do. Yeah, they rushed on the field goal team in Indianapolis. The Titans did, Ed, and the
0: uh, right, tackle, right tackle, right end, ran into the punter, the punter, who's the holder. Oh, it was
2: awful. Oh, it was belly
0: flopped right on his face. You yeah. got to give him credit. He he, he just right kept up. right kept, got right back up.
2: Yeah, yeah, he they did not
0: get it off in time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and oh, Chad was uh, he he made some great points on that on Sunday about the the awful clock management in that. Well that was, if you want to put up, uh, you know, every youth coach in America,
4: you coach a high school football team, you want to put up what not to do in a late game, late half situation, here it is. Hey, guys, let's huddle with under a minute left <laughs> and not use a timeout Hey, Traylon let's
0: not get out of bounds.
4: Do you want to make just a – let's get on a loudspeaker and tell the defense, we're not interested in a touchdown. <laughs> we're settling for a field goal here, guys. Guys, get set up for field goal block, field goal safe. That's basically what the Titans did. Cue
0: the Benny Hill music.
4: Yes, and the the Titans just—I mean, what a defeated though! You're at midfield with over a minute left, and they just all right. We're going to let the clock roll and try to get in field goal range. Guys, then when they get there, they can't get it. So we got terrible. our
0: 24 points, maybe 27, but that's where we stop.
2: Awful. We have a Bobby Valentine uh, issue in I soccer. Have one. In soccer with a coach that has been placed on administrative (laughs) leave. I smell a phony mustache. This is next on Outkick 360. Okay, oh, three sixty rolls on. Uh, Chad, there is a a coach in disguise in women's soccer.
4: Oh, more than a coach in disguise. We have found the real life Kenny Powers coaching a women's soccer team at the University of Texas Permian Basin. Permian Carla, Basin. I'm gonna say Tejan. Carla say Tehan. Tehan? you
0: say it how you want to say it with conviction.
4: She is. Uh, she's been. Pro- she's been placed on administrative leave. We should lead with that. Some of the major allegations against this woman include she was arrested for DWI on September 11th and then asked for players to help pay her bail money, and some (laughs) did. She had physical interactions with members of the men's soccer team, including kissing in public, (laughs) also distributed alcohol to minors, asked for NCAA infractions, Players allege Tejas re-entered a game that she was ejected from in disguise <laughs> and continued coaching via walkie talkie. Oh my goodness. Was there
0: any administration this aware is, of any of
4: this? This is my favorite part. Of anyone at the game? Not, I mean, not until the players, yeah. not until the players apparently reported her on this. The letter also says they believe starter Martina Terra Garcia is ineligible. Tara Garcia arrived on September 14th from Uruguay. <laughs> had not attended in-person classes before then and has not been assigned a dorm, but yet she has played every minute of every game this
2: season.
4: (laughs) So she's got some mercenary from Uruguay Uruguay. coming in and uh, just playing games and not going to school and not living in a dorm, not even
2: a student. Oh, we're not done yet. We're not done yet on this.
4: Oh, no. Uh, As for program culture, Tejas encouraged fouling and injuring opponents, enforcing a strict diet that has caused body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and anxiety among some team members, and used emotionally abusive tactics like silent treatment, <laughs> isolation, and more. <laughs> this part this is funny, but I just <laughs> love of the, idea the abusive you, tactics yeah. like silent treatment to your players. Um, now, this, this is where it gets a pretty serious of, of things that she was doing. The letter says one player suffered a stroke and Tejas did not reach out to the players until days later. The player was also suspended the same week of her illness and is now seeking mental health health uh, counseling.
0: Suspended for having a stroke.
4: Yes. Uh, The anonymous group also alleges that Tejas encourages cheating on classwork, scheduled team events on late notice, leaving players to struggle to complete schoolwork or create a study schedule. Uh, they say Tejas expects soccer to come before academics. So basically,
0: if you drew up everything you don't want in a coach, this woman's delivered. Yeah, but
4: she so, checked all the boxes. But think like, so did she win though? Like, what I want to see is, were they dominant at Texas? I wonder if Permian there were like Basin? three or
2: four other things that just didn't make the cut for the two or three pages worth of scrolling on this tweet <laughs> on replies. And keep in mind, like this, this took some effort. Like, oh, this is not over a week span. This is, is it a really worth she's it she's put tenured. up with this at Texas Permian Basin? She is fully tenured. Well,
0: I think it circles back to Chad's question: like, is she delivering results when she's uh, got a girl having a stroke that she's not visiting, and you think, she's you think suspending the, from the dean? You think, Again, you like, think
4: when the, the dean came in, she just put her hands out <laughs> and like, you got me, cuff me? It's all true. That's a
0: wild story. Her
4: response: it's all true. All yeah. of it. That, All of it. That is absolutely Study harder Jenny and Powers. go to a
0: better school S-A than that. Every allegation don't play is
2: true. Kathy Powers there. Everything uh, they've
4: said about me is 100% wow. true.
2: Uh, we will rank the best available jobs open right now in college football. That's next to Now Kick 360.